I'm Dawn Durham, and welcome to Patent Pod. The Governor's STEM competition challenges student teams from across the state to research, design, and present a device or project that can make the quality of life better for Pennsylvanians. This competition provides opportunities for school teams to partner with local community members and or businesses to develop a solution for real-world problems in their own communities. The Governor's STEM competition will continue for the ninth year, allowing Pennsylvanian students to showcase their problem-solving skills and innovation. Joining us today on Patent Pod is Judd Pittman, Special Consultant to the Secretary of Education for STEM, and Chris Cherney, the Assistant Director of the Pennsylvania Training and Technical Assistance Network, Harrisburg Office. They're here to talk about the STEM competition and what we can look forward to this year. Thank you both for joining me on Patent Pod. We're excited to have you today. Thank you, Don. Thanks, so. When we think about the um, expanding of STEM skills and of STEM learning opportunities, this has really been a priority for Governor Wolf for some time. So can you, can you kind of help us understand how is this competition really leading the way in these efforts and what will this gain our students who are the future workforce in Pennsylvania? Uh, thanks, Don, for giving us the opportunity to talk a little bit today about the competition. Uh, for students across the Commonwealth, this really gives them an opportunity to apply theory and knowledge in real-world applications. Uh, they get an opportunity to work with teams. They have to work with one another. They have to communicate. They have to wrestle with the same things that you and I do on a daily basis in, in the world of work and build those skills up early in life. There are those opportunities for a student to transfer those skills. They'll see it happen in the competition. Then they'll be able to transfer those to other opportunities, whether it's in the classroom, whether it's in an after-school opportunity, or in the world of work, or into that post-secondary space. So it really is something that gets kids excited, and I think as we get back into this particular school year, these kind of opportunities are the things that will keep kids coming to school, that will hit on those those needs for social and emotional opportunities, you know, really, really build rich relationships, not only with kids, uh, but, but students. Because for some of our, our learners that are in the competition, this may be their first time in a building in over a year, yeah. and the first time with yeah. their teachers, uh, the first time to get an opportunity to collaborate in person and not via Zoom. So this, this year is in the ninth year of the competition is an exciting time for us. So when you think about that, you know, Judd, you made a really a lot of good points there. These are skills that these students will use currently this school year, mm -hmm. next school year, and then into their life as adults. And I think that's a really key point for us to kind of capitalize on. And I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, this year will offer some opportunities that our students have not had an mm -hmm. opportunity or an experience of in quite some time. So it's kind of exciting to think that this is going to be maybe their first opportunity to really live that life. And I think that's a wonderful, wonderful aspect to bring to it. Yeah, as we think about kind of like the feedback we got from last year's mm -hmm. competition, there was the, those words of encouragement. This is what got kids excited about yeah. maybe coming back to school or logging online for the day. Uh, and I think that'll translate into this year as well, that just excitement to apply the knowledge. I, I kind of think about when I was a middle school teacher, the students would always ask you why. This gives a kid an opportunity to answer that question for themselves. This is the why of why we learn the knowledge and theory. 
Wonderful, and we're hoping that it takes them farther then, um, not just during school, but yes. post-school, yeah. which is awesome for all of our students. So let me ask you this, and, and, and I'll kind of turn to you, Judd, but Chris, please do add in here. When we think about this is the ninth year, that's a, you know, that's a pretty big number. This has been going on for some time now, so can you share the historical arc of the competition? I think that'll give our listeners a sense of where it's been, where it is now, and where it's maybe going even in the future. Yeah, you know, the, the competition really started with this idea of trying to engage learners almost in a service learning opportunity to do something that would better Pennsylvanians or to better the life for Pennsylvanians. And it's really trans, transformed itself into a STEM competition or STEM skills that then can be applied to better the lives of Pennsylvanians. So that's a, an exciting piece of it. It's also allowed us to make good on some of those uh, promises that we make uh, at the at the agency level, you know, working cross sector, working with other partners. This competition makes that visible for community. So we bring business and industry partners for the to the table. It's an opportunity for learners to start to explore career and really work towards career readiness. Uh, we bring other outside partners to the table to give them other experiences. So we think about the first couple competitions. We're down at Thaddeus Stevens. Uh, College of Technology, and we had them engaging for some of them. It was the first time on a college campus, which is also a really good lived experience. Uh, we took them to places like Rock Lidditz, where they got to see STEM skills in action with professionals. Um, we gave them other experiences, an overnight experience. And so those early years, it, there really was a, a thought around college and career readiness along with the application of STEM skills. And then we kind of moved towards, we've held it at, in Harrisburg at the National Civil War Museum. Uh, we held it at the Dixon Center to think about, again, that opportunity to explore college and career readiness. And then last year, the team did, you know, no less than Yeoman's work on taking that competition completely virtual. And we went to a space where we, you know, we went from a competition that had regionals and then worked towards states to a competition that, that brought kids, every com competitor, to the state level, which I think is really exciting, you know. You think about you know, those lived experiences that you reflect on as, a, as, a, as an adult, that you look back on your school career. This is one of those things that we hope that kids look back on and say, yeah, I, I participated in that. Um, and sometimes they even get to meet cool folks like the Secretary of Education or a business leader, and maybe that's the person that gives them the inspiration to move forward. You know, Don, with that historical arc as well, one of the things, things that the team has been able to do since the inception or since our engagement with this is kind of build that out when you think about the core essence originally was behind the students who were coming and displaying their technological uh, elements. But uh, in the last couple of years, we've been able to branch out with the competition and now have uh, career and technical centers that are providing the food service during that day. And so they're showcasing culinary school, uh, culinary aspects and things of that nature. Uh, we also have students students from different catchments throughout the state developing the logo for the competition, uh, supporting the competition in different ways. So it, it has become, I guess you'd say, multimodal. And also along that lines too, one of the things that we're really excited about is that in the inception of it, and to Judd's point around the business partners, uh, part of the hope is that students participating in this competition, and we've seen over the last nine years the amazing uh, devices and ideas and, and, and thought processes that they bring to the table, but we're hopeful that they'll stay in Pennsylvania and mm -hmm. enter into some of the many wonderful uh, career and technical aspects around STEM that are in present within our state.
And you know the the competition a lot like you led into it with this idea of solutions. The the students, you know, we we don't give enough credit to our, our our learners or our students to solve real world problems. Like they come up with unique solutions. We've had all kinds of teams that have moved on to get patents for their solutions. Um, and I think the, the more we look to them to solve the problems, it's always unique. It's always novel the way that they approach the problem. I think of th something like you know an invasive species here in Pennsylvania is a spotted lanternfly. Mm -hmm. The the learners that were really uh, impacted by that in their communities the last couple of years have designed really awesome solutions to help. Pennsylvania deal with that issue, and that's a big issue for us as a state. Or when we had the, the real focus on the opioid epidemic, we had many teams that came to the table with solutions around how to dispense pills to their caregivers because they had somebody in their family that was impacted by the opioid epidemic. We have those kind of solutions to we have kids thinking about their own peers and designing solutions so that uh, a learner with an exceptionality can engage in a class, can get through a door, um, all kinds of like big picture things to what some folks may see more small solutions, but they're always keeping uh, uh, a positive frame and coming to the table with really cool ideas. So I think it's a good reminder that we need to tap student voice and student ideas a little bit more in the, in the adult world of the problems that we try to solve because they, they bring novel solutions to the table. We're really empowering them, right? Yes. I mean, we're empowering them to say, tell us what is, maybe I don't know of a particular problem that's inflicting your community, yes. but boy, you all know about that, yeah. and you all have some solutions that I may not have even considered, yet here I am, I can empower you and your and your, your student peers to really embrace this problem and be innovative in a solution for that. One of the interesting things, too, is the competition, at least at the uh, well regional level through the IUs, does represent regional issues. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, if uh, snow mitigation and elements like that are very important in a particular geographical area, you'll see teams bringing things to the table that address those things. So it really is re reflective of the diversity in many ways mm -hmm. uh, uh, that is Pennsylvania. And the, 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 the way that Chris talked about the arc and the more that we've gotten students involved in other elements of the competition, it really has become student driven. You know, whether it's the logos, the food, the, 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 the extra activities that they get to do. Uh, the team, Chris and the team have done an amazing job of harvesting student voice and making sure that each competition iterates on that feedback and makes it better for the students. And they own it more and more each year, so, which is exciting. And you, you know, you, Chris, you had mentioned this, and Jed, I'm glad that you kind of brought it up there. It's not just about the students who are competing mm -hmm. with the innovative ideas. It's about the group of students who are designing the logos, about the group of students who are providing the food for the events that are going on, about the group of students who are suggesting and, and making ideas and offers of, hey, you guys can do this, or we can look at this, or here's our feedback on a problem you think mm -hmm. would, you know, would be helpful for our community. So it really is, it's this interconnection, not just with the competitors themselves, but with all of the students in the community. And then you have the business the community members, the schools. You mentioned the intermediate units. I mean, this is this is all across the Commonwealth. And I think that's something that when we consider that historical arc, and we'll talk in a minute about where we're going in the future, but I think when we kind of consider that, this is really about all of Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. and it's about all of our priorities and our, and our empowerment, um, particularly for those students. So I think that's exciting to kind of think about where it is, where it has been, and then, we'll, like I said, we'll talk a minute about where it's going. So yeah. thank you for that. 
Now let me ask you, we, we are in interesting times, we continue to be in interesting times, so my understanding is we are going to um, continue with a virtual platform this year for the competition. So Chris, I'll kind of lean to you. Give us a sense of what we can anticipate in a virtual platform. Um, you know, I don't want the students to be missing out on anything, so how are we, how are we accommodating for that? Yeah, that was a hard decision to come to. Yeah. Uh, obviously, last year with mitigation processes and, and safety protocols and things of that nature, uh, we defaulted to that because that was the, the mean way. Uh, this year, as school starts back, uh, there are many different ways where students are approaching, but many of the students are back on, on site this year. Uh, but we felt that uh, without uh, you know, wanting to make it too difficult or too challenging if conditions change, that we'd leave it in a virtual format. And we learned some things through the virtual format. So uh, as you said at the onset, it's been in process for nine years, and most of the years, majority. Uh, so this, we have had two years of previous in uh, uh, virtual because of the shutdown processes that took place in 19. We did okay. have to quickly retool that way, where last year we had the plan from the onset. Uh, but historically, if we think about the competition, it has been an on-site where mm -hmm. up to 29 teams have progressed through regional competitions to uh, the state competition. Uh, well, one of the nice things with keeping it remote or virtual is we were able to open it up and progress more teams this past year. Uh, so I think we had over 60 teams participate last year. We did uh, break that down into dis different catchments. Uh, teams or schools that have participated over a period of time or been there numerous times, and teams that were new to the competition. So we really did even or level the playing field. Uh, so this year, with conditions that still pre present themselves, we're going to stay in the virtual format. We're going to have up to 60 teams. Uh, registration will go live October 1st through November. And uh, you know, when we think about the cross-section, Don, of the historical significance of the uh, uh, program and, and Judd's spoken to the team, really we want to talk about and focus on the team um, advisors, which are teachers in schools, because none of this would ha happen mm -hmm. if we didn't have someone at that very local level assembling the teams, uh, promoting the students, making the relationships in the community, uh, ferrying supplies, brokering rides, whatever they do at that, that very important level. And then again, our intermediate partners, the 29 uh, IUs within the state, each one has an individual, at least one individual that's working diligently within that catchment mm -hmm. to promote those teams, gather and organize them into regional hubs. And so this year we will continue to work with our coaches, we'll continue to work with our advisors, but we do have the space for up to 60 teams to again promote this year, breaking down into two categories that are there, those teams returning who have been there and have the experiences, and those teams who are new. Yeah, yeah, and that, that, you know, I'm really glad that you talked about the teachers. Uh, the, the other kind of like unsung heroes in the process that the virtual space has helped are the judges. Oh, yeah. We've been able to recruit more judges because there isn't the travel. You don't have to come to Harrisburg. You could be in Pittsburgh. You could be in Erie. You could be in Philly. You can still do your judging. And those judges get an opportunity to, to peek into the talent that we do have in Pennsylvania. And so when you think about those business and industry partners that are judges, they're getting a front and center view of, mm -hmm. well, this is, this is what we have and what we hope stays here. So those judges and the opportunity to engage more judges has, been, has happened through the virtual space, which is that's exciting too. I mean, it's all those little things you don't realize uh, 
you think the virtual space might be a prohibitor to success and in, in reality it just has opened the door to other opportunities and other ways for kids to engage and other ways for judges or teachers to engage so that's that's an exciting part too yeah one thing for our potential judges because we're always on the lookout yeah, for quality always. judges and for our potential student candidates and we hope that we have many new teams this year is there are opportunities for our participants whether on the student side to maybe gain access to internships yes uh, and there is an opportunity for our judges you know going through all the appropriate protocols and safety uh, to maybe offer or extend uh, internships through college or things of that nature yeah. so so it really is a win-win in, in the both sides judges yes. and our students in particular are quite phenomenal and the you know one of the aspects of it um, that also had to go virtual was the idea of the 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 students engaging with a business partner so the business partners had to be a little bit more creative about how they're engaging with the students. And when we think about those opportunities or the opportunity to build your career ready portfolio or gain those artifacts that can count towards graduation, this is another space where kids can gain that experience with a business partner. So it really, to your point, it does meet a lot of those, those spokes in the wheel that, are, that, that kind of form out the successful graduate. Yeah, you know, and I'm so glad that we, we stopped to kind of pause and think about this current platform that we're having really does open the door mm -hmm. for a lot more of our student teams, a lot more of our judges, and it forces us to think a little differently about how we're connecting and how yeah. we're identifying problems. And, you know, it's very likely that some new problems will come up due to the past couple of, you know, couple of months or a year or so of students recognizing, hey, now we know there's a new need. We may need this in the future. Let's be innovative in our problem solving and empower us to do that. Yeah. You know, Don, when you, you talk about the virtual aspect, and, and this might be to your subsequent question a little bit as well, but I can't help but think when Judd's kind of uh, dialoguing about this, is that how exciting the competition is, I think, for students. Now, we haven't even talked yet about the fact that there, there are um, uh, uh, college scholarships available for teams that place in the top uh, categories, but there's so much else that's going on there. There's so many opportunities for internship connections, for students to connect across the state, to make friends, for students and teams to come together ac across common uh, platforms or common problems. It's very uh, frequent in the, the space of the competition when it's live, uh, so this might not speak really much to virtual, but when it's live, there's an opportunity for the students to see and showcase their competition uh, productions among their peers. Mm -hmm. And that's proven over the last few mm -hmm. years. I think we've had that in place now three years. And that's proven to be one of the most successful and enjoyable aspects because it's the students talking to students about common problems, about the scientific method, mm -hmm. about how they uh, triage the problem, how they're responding to it, maybe helping one another kind of overcome some obstacles yeah. or barriers. Yeah. Uh, so there really is a lot of opportunities on so many different levels. And, and to kind of go back to maybe the the previous question, so many different curriculums combining here, whether it be looking at uh, our uh, exceptional students who are developing the logo, whether it be looking at our career and technical centers that are bringing the food service elements and the culinary aspects and the curriculums that play, are in place with that, and then just all the, the modalities of STEM that, that clash in here. So it really is, it's exciting. It is exciting. It's a lot of fun. And I, you know, we call it a competition. And I, I don't know if that quite does it justice because the students are so positive for one another. Even the, the other teams that they're, you know, they're competing against, 
they're they're really positive. They cheer them on. They're supportive. It, it does become this collegial experience, mm -hmm. and that's exciting to see. That's also one of those things where students are great at checking adults, <laughs> and it's a great reminder that we call it a competition, but it really is about a celebration mm -hmm. and celebrating the work that they've done. And they're great about celebrating other schools' work, their own work. So that's probably like the personally like the biggest bucket filler of it is watching how how much they collaborate and celebrate one another's work and maybe to bring that back to the celebration of the virtual space we now can do more teams that way yeah, yeah. so you know before where we were limited with capacity both physical and space-wise at 20 up to 2019 yeah. uh, this past year we had over 60 and we're looking to do the same this year so we're really increasing that collaboration, mm -hmm, that pure collaboration across Pennsylvania and keeping those kiddos here when they when they do leave school, yeah. which is a, a powerful moment. So thinking about that, I want to I want to kind of go to the future now. We, we've got to have goals set for us to continue to grow. I mean, what you're saying is kind of giving me goosebumps right now about this competition and how exciting and how pumped up we are. And we're hoping for more more schools, more teams and more judges and more, um, you know, kind of just everyone, everyone filling in those pieces and parts. What are what's our goal for the future? Where are we going with this STEM competition? And Chris, I'll ask you to kind of start and then Judd, by all means, please add some thoughts there. Yeah, sure. So, you know, nine years in, uh, definitely we have a, a historical arc now and we want to continue on that in a positive way. Part of the challenge, I think, is, is keeping it fresh and keeping mm -hmm. it in, uh, invigorating for students so it's not the same old, same old, right? Uh, and, and a lot of the things that Judd just spoke to and we're kind of discussing right now, we continue to layer things on. So over the time that we've been there, we have students now creating logos, students offering food services and the culinary experience. We have students showcasing their projects among one another. We have different catchments uh, that the students are, are participating in, different themes. Uh, we've got coaches in the IU supporting mm -hmm. us in different ways at the regional and local level. And so I think one of our, our, our next horizons, one of the things that we've talked about a lot now that we have the opportunity to really engage and broker more schools in is continue to look at how our, our, our schools right now addressing thing, uh, issues around equity mm -hmm. and uh, participation of disproportionate uh, populations and underserved or underrepresented populations. And so. Uh, that's one of the things that we're really pushing on and we're encouraging our coaches and our IU partners to help us with this year because when we talked earlier about the competition reflecting the regions of Pennsylvania, now we want to make sure our competition is really reflecting the face and the populations of yes. Pennsylvania. And I think we've really keyed in on some uh, important steps this last year with virtual and opening it up to more uh, participants and we want to capitalize on that again this year. So, uh, you know, again, October 1st, uh, it's open for uh, registration. Uh, IU's coaches at local districts will do some outreach. There'll be pin pen links. Uh, the, the, we do have a website. PD has a, a Governor's STEM competition website where you can get all the information on that. So again, we're encouraging just, uh, you know, put a team together and come down and participate. Yeah, you know, the, there's definitely some, some strong priorities around opening up the students who are included. Mm -hmm. We've opened up the access, like it's there. Any teacher could grab onto it, but really demonstrating and telling the story of uh, groups like at IU13 and other communities that have got um, marginalized students or students with exceptionalities engaging in the competition, making sure that we tell those stories so there isn't an opportunity to say, well, well my kids can't do this. This is really a space where you can say, my kids can do this. Mm -hmm. 
and, and, and making sure that we share the models or the successes and how those successes happen so we can make that more visible for others. And then, you know, the, the, the other big part is really make sure that we are layering in business and industry in a way that makes visible the careers and the opportunities for kids and how those skills do stack and transfer so that it isn't like, well, I really like this, but I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. We need to be, we need to be intentional about showing them what they can do with it and making and helping make those connections for them. So if we can do that along with, I, you know, the one thing that we do hear from the teachers is, well, I got a group that's interested. How do I make this that a whole class can do? That might be a really next step for us without regionals to really think through like what does a model look like where classes engage and that, that they self-promote a team that goes to states or, or what have you. So there's a couple little elements I think that we can tweak and, and make a little bit easier, take that friction away for communities to engage. But ultimately the, the way the team has iterated over the years, it's getting better and we just need to continue that to accelerate that work. Yeah, I like, um, Chris, you know, you had said it, I'm going to repeat it. We really want to be reflective of the faces of Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. We've increased the access. We want to be reflective of who is here in Pennsylvania. And, and to your point, Judd, you know, this isn't just about today. This is about the future and the future opportunities and letting students um, and community members see what's out there, mm -hmm. what may be coming next that we haven't even thought about yet. Um, and so that is really exciting to, to consider. And we had said, I just want to make sure I, I repeat this a couple times. Registration opens October 1st and we'll run through, through November. November. Perfect. That's correct. Okay. And then yeah. we head to the Governor's STEM Challenge, STEM Competition website yes. to gain some more information. Yeah. STEM.PA.gov. STEM.PA.gov. Perfect. Thank you both, Judd and Chris, so much for being on Patent Pod Thank today. You. It's exciting to be able to showcase the Governor's STEM competition, what it really is, what we're hoping for it to be in the future, um, and really this opportunity to empower our students in Pennsylvania. So thank you both for being with me today. Thank you, Don. Thank you to all of you in the field. You are truly an inspiration to us all. A special thank you to John Radsdale for producing this podcast. We'll see you next time on Patent Pod.